Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to grow your firm by providing virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. Very excited about um, our guest today. Serena Shoup is here from Shoup CPA. Um, and we're going to talk about everybody's uh, favorite subject, which is culture. But before we kind of go go down that path, uh, Serena, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your firm and some of your background? Sure. So thank you so much for having me. This is exciting as a listener of the podcast. Uh, so I am Serena Shoup. I am Maybe a CPA. Only listener. Yeah. You're the one. We found her. Okay. Buddy. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I'm a CPA. I I actually came up in corporate, so um not a big four background, but more in industry. Uh I worked in manufacturing and in biotech. Uh, when I left my corporate career, I was the controller at a biotech company in San Diego and um, left to have more kids and knew that I was probably never going to go back to corporate. And so um, it was like my opportunity to make my dream happen of becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, and even though I like I have an accounting degree and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> I've always wanted to start a business. But like it didn't really ever dawn on me that I should just do accounting because that's my background. <laughs> um, but here we are. That's what I ended up doing. Uh, it it was kind of on accident, even though like I knew I wasn't going to go back. Uh, I knew I wanted to start a business. I kept thinking like, oh, maybe I'll start a coffee shop or some other random thing. Um, but what ended up happening is after I had um, my second daughter, I started just kind of tinkering around on Upwork. And seeing like bookkeeping jobs. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of I kind of worked really hard to get my CPA license. So <laughs> maybe I should just keep that like fresh. Uh, I'll just help some small businesses. I worked at a really small tax firm um, towards the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. And so I had experience working with small mom and pop shops, like little restaurants and um auto repair shops and things like that. And so it wasn't foreign to me the to be able to like talk to small business owners. Um, and also my dad's an entrepreneur and stuff. So it's kind of in my blood. And so I was like, well, this seems super easy. So let's just do this for a while, stay fresh. And um, I can't just like be chill about stuff <laughs> and just was like, let's make this into a business <laughs> instead of freelancing. So uh, that's kind of how it started. Uh, although I will say, even though I, I went full force and started like building a business, I still was very intentional about keeping it part-time, um, which is kind of, I guess, counterintuitive for some people. But for me, it was like, well, if I'm going to do this thing on my own, I want it, I want it to be on my terms. And so I kind of went against the general advice out there of like, wait until you have like 100K in revenue or a certain number of clients to start hiring. No, I hired a helper, someone to do part-time bookkeeping when I had five clients (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I was like, well, it's either I have to hire a babysitter for more hours and put more time Mm -hmm. into my business to support these clients, or I could just find a bookkeeper and employ somebody else help them 
also help me and not spend as much time in the business. So that's what I did. I, from the, pretty much from the beginning, I have had a team. <laughs> wow. Wow. Awesome. So, so you said you had a team from the beginning. So just so we understand like the, the background here. So how large is your team now and how many people and kind of what are those, what are those roles that you have employed? Yeah. So I still have my original part-time bookkeeper. Uh, and I also have a part-time staff accountant who I am training and, um, getting to the point where he can be more of that controller level. Um, and I have an integrator who is kind of like my operations, um, person. Uh, she helps with both businesses. So I run a mentoring business and the bookkeeping stuff. Um, so she supports me in all of it. She's full-time. And then we have a part-time assistant that kind of helps wherever she's needed as well. And she's um, an accounting student. So yeah, she helps on both sides as well. Great. Yeah. So I, I forgot to mention early on that Jody is here as well for our listeners. So, so Jody, I know you've talked a couple times already, but for those hearing the other voice, that is Jody as, as always. So yeah, thanks, Jamie. So, so let's start going down the road uh, of culture. So I know, um, you know, in the pre-conversation, you were talking a little bit about, you know, how important it is to create or the, how to, the works of creating a different culture. You want to kind of talk about what the word, because different can mean a lot of different things. So let's talk about what um, different culture means for you. Yeah. For me, it was like creating that culture that everyone dreams of and really wants to have in corporate and people say that they have it in their companies. But when it comes down to it, it's not it doesn't really exist for a lot of companies. And it's funny because on our team call today, um, we meet as a team every every week um, on Zoom. And then, of course, we're hanging out in Slack together, too, because it's all we're all virtual. on our team call today, we always like go around and share wins and give, we, we share our own win and then we give a win to someone else on the team. Basically, if someone, if, if someone else is embodying our, our core values, then we kind of like shout them out. Or if it's just like, they've gone above and beyond to help another team member, we, we just like to showcase that. Um, but I was talking about like, everyone is always like, we love working here. (laughs) We love the culture that you've created. And I'm like, it's, it's also like, because of you guys. Um, but please, like, as we grow, I want to make sure that this culture remains because I've been in startup environments that it feels like we have that tight knit culture and then we start growing too fast. And then we start hiring people that don't really embody the culture just because we need bodies in, in the seats. Um, and I don't ever want to get to that point. So I was like, I'm going to count on you guys to hold me accountable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I guess for, for me, that culture is really like truly recognizing that everyone is human and not to expect people to leave the rest of their lives at the door when they come to work, that we can continue to support each other, even when stuff is you know, kind of awry in our personal lives, like we can count on each other to, to lean on each other. Like if something is crazy in our personal lives, like we can all cover for you, um, as a team when it comes to work so that that's one less thing that can, that will stress you out. And so you can really tend to what's going on in your personal life. Cause we've all had those moments where it's like, I'm kind of just like losing it over here in my personal life. I could just use a little extra support at work so that I can take care of whatever is happening at home. Um, and so that's, that's the main thing of like truly 
offering that to people and offering different ways of being flexible besides just like the typical benefits like insurance and things like that. So, so do you, do you find that, do you find that people, because you have that, do you find that people actually work more hours than what they, what you're hoping because they'll maybe take time off during the day uh, to run the kids to basketball practice or whatever. And then they'll, then you catch them late at night at home trying to catch up on what they missed during the day and in the process ending up working more hours than, than what. Um, if, if, if that doesn't happen, then how do you prevent that, I guess? Yeah. So for the most part, my whole team is part-time uh, except my one full-time employee. And um, they, they balance things pretty well. They still end up working about the same amount of hours and they're able to work like when it works best for them. And I think the output is much greater than if it was like more uh, structured, if that makes sense. And that might not necessarily work for every personality type. I've certainly had team members in the past that they, they needed more structure than that. So um, it's, it's not a one size fits all. It takes a certain personality to be able to thrive in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So back to that point then. So when you hire, are you looking for that personality or do you, are you hiring looking for something else and then you're going to work other people's personality into your, to your culture? So we, our hiring is very, um, <laughs> there's a skills component, but most of the hiring process is centered around core values and that whole like personality. Like we kind of take people through the ringer <laughs> yeah. um, to to join the team. Like initially, my integrator does uh, like once we receive an application that followed all the instructions because there's that filtering <laughs> process because mm-hmm. yep. attention to detail is very important. Uh, once they pass that whole process, then she kind of, she does, um, this, like she'll text them or, um, shoot an, over an email. Typically it's a text though. Like, Hey, we just got your application. I'd love to hop on a call. Very, you know, just a very short call just to make sure we have all the details, right. Just to kind of see how hungry they are for the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that'll say a lot about a person and then she'll just kind of get a feel for them. Like, a feel for them, like intuition wise, like how they respond on the phone calls and, and stuff like that in that first little meeting. And if they pass that test, then they get a, an interview set up with me. Um, and they also get a, um, like a skills assessment. So in, in between the interview with me and her, they, they get an email from me that says, great, you're moving on to the next, like the next phase. Uh, And that is like answering or doing this assessment that we have depending on the position. But for the most part, like we're, we're always, you know, going to be hiring for um, accounting work. So whether that's a staff accountant, a bookkeeper, that kind of that sort of thing, um, we test their actual knowledge. And so we send them some kind of funky financial statements with some mistakes uh, and have them point out the mistakes. And I give them like, here's the number of mistakes that are definitely in here. You may find more, but this is like the minimum that you need to find. Uh, And then I also give them a test on like a client scenario, like, hey, like this is the scenario. We've missed a deadline for sales tax on XYZ client. Um, or rather you've missed the deadline and this is the second time this has happened. So the client is frustrated. How are you going to handle it? And so we asked them to draft an email um, and just to kind of get 
a feel for their communication style and how much ownership they take over mistakes. Um, wow. Yeah. So if, if Jody was applying for that, you know exactly what you would say. <laughs> He'd say, I don't make mistakes. You must have the wrong person is what he would say in the, no, in the email. I've so. never made one yet, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah, it's really just to see like, how they would respond and mainly like take ownership for things. There's some people that have would literally respond as like, Oh, I'm so sorry this happened. I'll, you know, we'll make sure that it doesn't happen again. And then there's some people that like are very blamey, like they wouldn't take responsibility in that draft email. So it's like immediately like they're out of the running (laughs) (laughs) because it's a team effort. Even if like, you're technically not the one that made the mistake. If you're the person overseeing it, we want to make sure that you would still take ownership and make sure, you know, this is how we would handle it going forward and whatnot. So mm-hmm. no, that's very interesting. Kind of on the competency test, how does that, how does that work? Is it uh, adding and subtracting? Cause that's all accountants do anyways, right? Well, since <laughs> yeah, the week, <laughs> yeah, that is all we do. Definitely. Um, since our goal is to get people that will advance and grow with the company and also we don't just perform bookkeeping services we give a lot of you know advice and and things around our clients and how they can run their businesses and interpreting their numbers for them uh i give them a set of financial statements that have some mistakes like retained earnings doesn't tie out and things like that um negative inventory glaring mistakes but also like I give them a set of financial statements that is based on a a real client that we have. I just have changed the names and things so that they can see like the trends of what happens in our clients' businesses. And, and it's an opportunity for them to also ask me questions about the business on the interview. So I always open that up to like, did you have any questions about this business or like the things that you saw that looked irregular Um, Because this is the industry that we work. I work with a lot of course creators. So there's a lot of fluctuation in revenue (laughs) Um, and different things that aren't in, you know, with, with launches and whatnot. So um, it's their, it's also an opportunity for me to see how, like, what kind of questions they have and how much they really paid attention to what they were looking at instead of just trying to find mistakes. Um, Because we want people that are analytical as well. Are you interested in offering virtual CFO services at your firm or scaling your existing service offerings? The Virtual CFO Playbook, How to Land $60,000 a Year Clients and Provide a Killer Client Experience, is an online series of modules that will equip you with essential tools for creating and delivering scalable VCFO services. These approaches have helped Summit CPA grow from $500,000 to upwards of $5 million in revenue over the past decade. If you're ready to grow your firm, visit summitcpa.net slash VCFO playbook to enroll now. Do you keep track of how many people um, get to that step and just, just drop and say, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking this step because I think to your point earlier about like, let's, let's test their commitment. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've thought about implementing a test and it's something that I've, I've, I'm working with some people on right now, but like, I think the more and more you add into your interview process, the more it shows, okay, we're really looking for serious candidates only here. And so how many people do you think, or do you know how many people get that test? I'm like, okay, nope. I was just looking for an easy job. This is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, usually they, 
I'm trying to think back to the last, um, the last person we hired, we, we probably got hundreds of applicants that didn't even follow the, the first instruction, which was a subject line of the email. (laughs) And so immediately like those went (laughs) in the trash, like we didn't even open them if it was, if it was just like, you know, doing the automatic application on Indeed or whatever, it was like, nope, you actually have to go to our website, read the job description, find the secret subject line, and email a certain person at our firm (laughs) with your resume. Um, So that filtered out a lot of people. (laughs) Like we had hundreds of those and only, I think I only ended up interviewing five people. Wow. <laughs> that's how much it weeds people out. Yeah, that's that's a great. Yeah. Um <laughs> and there were a couple <laughs> there were a couple of people that um did the assessment and based on the results of them I ended up not interviewing them. Um just because for this one particular okay. position we were looking for I really did want someone that could grow into being a controller fairly quickly. Um, so if I was interviewing for like a part-time, um, beginner bookkeeping position, I wouldn't have been such a jerk about that, (laughs) but I was looking for someone specific. Um, (laughs) no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when I, you've hired the person. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I remember when, um, when I interviewed as a staff accountant at the small CPA firm, I got a a test of financial statements and I had to do it in person. Like this was not a, like emailed it to me and I got to do it on my own time. Like these people get, um, I went in for the interview was completely surprised that I was going to be looking at a set of financial statements with just a few years of experience under my belt. So I was like, if I could do that, I can, I can make other people do this too. <laughs> so oh, I love that. Jamie. Yeah. Put that in your next uh, interviewing slide. Yeah, no, I'm, bring some financial. Yeah, I'm working through it. Yeah. We, I, that's one of the things we're working on is I think to your point is we're looking for, cause we do a lot more on the consulting side of things. And especially at the senior accountant level, what we're looking for is at that point, you just hope they can do a bank rec and some of these standard things. But really what we're, we're looking for is um, can we, if, if I were to show three months of financial statements and let's just say the um, one expense had $5,000 in it month one, $5,000 in it month two, and then month three had zero. And then we show the forecast is $5,000. Are they going to catch something like that? And that's the things yeah. we're looking for is like, are they able to look at different sets of numbers, figure out trends and, and really come up with questions. And then not only to say, okay, obviously they're missing an expense for this month, but what could have happened? You know, is it in a different account is it you know on the balance sheet just kind of like really take it to that next level and so that's kind of the the test we're working on creating is just given those type of things because really the the number one expectation of our senior accountants is can you review a financial statement and bring them to the cfo with very few errors or explanations of what happened and so that's kind of the thing we're working on right now exactly that's exactly yeah, I gonna, what i was, I was looking ask for you since- yeah, and so now that you've interviewed the the, the candidate, and you, you say, "Hey, this is the this person is, is on our team. We we, we love her." Um, you bring her in. What type of how, how do you how do you do your onboarding? You know, so so you're you're completely remote. You know, very similar to us. So how do you do onboarding? Because again, a lot of a lot of the people out there are like wondering that exact same thing. But you've mm-hmm. never met the person in person, right? You've never shaken their hand. Right. Uh, so how do you know this person? How how do you how, how can you then you know? bring that culture right into the, uh, the onboarding process. 
Yeah. So this last um, position that we hired for, we like revamped our whole entire process because I was like, I, I want to build a certain culture. I want to make sure that everyone is on board with our values from the very beginning. So even in the interview process, we talk about our values and make sure that like the questions mm -hmm. we're asking will enable people to answer based on, on their values. Um, and then just how they interact with us throughout the interview process can, can say a lot too. So um, we actually ended up hiring a guy at, um, for this last round that immediately when he found the job posting on, on LinkedIn, we had a mutual connection. And um, before he even applied, he messaged me and was like, I'm going to apply for this position. I just wanted to let you know that, to expect my application. I was like, that's pretty awesome. And through the whole process, he yeah, was yeah. very like, he was communicating about everything. And I was like, that is what I need. <laughs> I need to know where things stand without having mm -hmm. to ask. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. So, uh, I knew pretty much as soon as I had my first interaction with him that he was probably the right one for the job. And it just, it just got better throughout the process, but the onboarding, um, uh, I gave it, I gave it some time. So I knew I wanted to have someone onboarded or starting to, to onboard at the end of January. And we actually started recruiting in November. <laughs> mm. uh, because I was also like, it's a crazy job market out there. Like in order to find the right it's candidate crazy right now, yeah. <laughs> I think we needed to do like to be very prepared. So I was like, even though I'm not ready to start paying someone yet, I'm going to start recruiting. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, and so we, he started in January, towards the end of January. And um, I, I gave him the offer the beginning of, an, of January. And so I had time to like, then I was mm -hmm. like, all right, now I'm going to create like a literally an onboarding course. Um, so I'm a course creator. <laughs> I've taken a lot of courses, <laughs> a lot of good ones, a lot of bad ones. Um, and I was like, I feel like this is probably the best way to communicate how things are going to work in, in our company. And then in the future, we can just reuse this, right? The only thing I have to re-record is like the welcome module where I talk about what our goals are for this year. So every year, I'll just have to update that first lesson of like, this is what our goal, our I'm very transparent with my team. These are our financial goals. These are the goals for like growing the team. These are the type of clients we like. Um, so that everyone is always on the same page. I just, there's really no reason to not share that information. So, um, so I created, I literally created a course <laughs> to onboard it. <laughs> Um, we did the same but, thing. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lesson on like our core values and a lesson on who our ideal clients are. Uh, and then there's lessons on how we use each of our tools in our business. So like how we specifically use Asana, how we specifically use Slack, all the things that will make them successful in their job. Because I've I have the clarity of it not working out with an employee. And so I was like, how can we do this differently so that from the very beginning, everyone understands what the expectations are on how we use these tools um, and all that. So that's what I did. That's how we onboarded. And then we do a weekly one-on-one -on -one oh, for the first three months. Um, he just hit his three-month milestone. And so he just got a raise and everything is great. 
Wait, what, a raise? What are you talking about a raise? <laughs> yeah, three so I, <laughs> it's a, it was a small one, but it's like after the three-month probation period, since we don't have health, health insurance benefits yet, we're still pretty small. We, I haven't implemented that as of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I offered like, because he wanted a certain, you know, he had a, a revenue, or not a revenue, a salary range in mind. And I was like, well, let's talk about that after you hit your three months. I'm going to start you here. And if everything is going swimmingly throughout the three months, then you will be at what you wanted, you know, at that point. So it was just a couple of dollars an hour, but yeah, I'm happy to accommodate yeah, that because a <laughs> it's a good, he's a good, a good addition to the team. Yeah. So with the, with the, so, uh, with, with your different uh, modules, you have, how many modules did you have in your training, your training modules for your onboarding? Um, uh, five, 10, 15? So three modules, but each lesson, there was probably like three or four lessons in each module of like 15 minutes. So um, basically I covered each tool that we so used. So then, then you covered. had them watch a module? Mm-hmm. So did you have yeah. them watch a module and then from there, then, then you talked about it? Or how, how did that how did that work? Or did you just assume that they understood it? Yeah. So at, at the end of each module, there's an assessment. <laughs> I'm extreme, you guys. Uh, <laughs> there's an assessment at the end of each module to like make sure they understand a few things um, that I think are important. And then we also, you know, we were meeting weekly. So he had an opportunity to bring questions and, um, and all that. So three modules. um, And then after the the third, so one module a week, basically. And then um, week one was really just going through the first module. And then week two, since he's part-time, he's not spending 40 hours a week, with me, it was, I needed to kind of space it out. So then week two, I started getting him involved in some client work in addition to going through the second module. Uh, and we were checking in every week to, to see where he was having roadblocks and we would do like a client, something client related training, like hands-on where I would, I would work through it and then let him drive and work through it and whatnot. So, um, I, I'm very pleased with how this onboarding has turned out. So it'll definitely continue mm-hmm. <laughs> for future hires. Sounds like it. Sounds like you did a great job. It sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what we've, what we've found is tended to your point is that the, the modules and the courses is great, but you, you need to supplement it. Right. And mm-hmm. so like we, we've, we try to basically do a lot of, a lot of different ways to teach people because everybody's a little different, you know? So I think some people can sit there and watch a video and walk away from the video and be like, yep, got it. I'm ready to go. Give me a client. Mm-hmm. Some people watch the video and be like, I don't, they're just very analytical. And I don't get how this connects to this and they have a thousand questions. And then some people just can't even pay attention. <laughs> the video, but they, once you start talking to them, they start asking you a ton of questions and they work together. So we try to, you know, again, to your point, having the, module is the, the first step, but then they have time to meet with me and ask questions. But yeah. then we also get them um, working behind the scenes on a client. So the more ways we can teach people, we've had better success because it's really not one size fits all because that's where you're going to, that's where people start to fail. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned you mentioned the benefits um, and you said you don't really offering health benefits yet, which makes sense for a company your size. But earlier you mentioned, you know, being creative with benefits outside of that. So talk about some of the benefits that your employees might see working for you that really help create that culture. Yeah. Well, first off, like right now, pretty much everyone is part time. And so work flexibility is important. We don't have a set schedule for anyone. It's just like, just get the work done. And I'm assuming you're probably going to work 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, And we just stay in 
like super duper communication when we check in of like, how is your workload? Are you feeling stressed out? Like, do we need to bring on more help? Or like right now with um, my most recent hire who is part-time, we've been in discussions of making him full-time because we have plans to continue to grow and he wants to grow into that controller position. So it's like kind of planning that, like co-creating that and planning it out together um, and toggling things as, you know, as we can. Uh, just being really f- flexibility with time is probably the biggest one. Um, I also encourage mm-hmm. continuing education. <laughs> so that's like also a job requirement. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, even if they don't have their CPA license yet, it's like every week, at least listen to some sort of, you know, relevant podcast, read a book, take a course. I'm happy to like pay for certain courses send you to if there's a conference that you feel you really want to go to like let's make it happen once a year um i think that that goes a long way too because it shows like i'm investing in you your career even if you don't stay with me like you're you're going to learn all this stuff and get to take it with you and not like white knuckling that and trying to like trap people but like letting them know like (laughs) you may move on one day but you get to take all this education with you (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. So do you track that thing? Because you talked about like the podcast a week or a book, or do you kind of track what people are working on or what they're listening to so that way you can have conversations with them? We talk about like we have a channel in in Slack of – it's like a team building channel. And occasionally I'll pop in there and be like, let me know what you guys have learned this week. Like just – it's pretty casual right now. I'm sure as we grow, I may want to implement something more – I don't know, more tracky. (laughs) But also, like, we just have a culture of trust as well. And it's like one of our core values is growth personally and professionally. So it's like as long as you're like continuing to embody that, like we we just talk a lot on our one on ones, like sharing personal wins or professional wins, um, you know. And so those kinds of things come up. People be like, oh, I listened to this really cool podcast and I learned this thing like I wanted to share it or um, I learned this in the course that I'm taking. I think it would really benefit our, benefit our clients, stuff like that. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Wait for Jody to ask a question here. What do you have here? It looks like he was thinking, so I didn't want to cut him off again. No, I, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking about that exact same thing. We we do something very similar with like core values, and we have we we've had book clubs and you know a bunch of different things. We you know obviously we provide. Uh, education stipends so that they can, uh, you know, do their CPE and, you know, hang out with each other when they, when they want to, you know, that, that type of thing. So we've done a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, never really thought about, you know, Jamie, to Jamie's point, do you actually, you know, uh, you know, do, do you actually put a, a number on it? Do you actually track it? Do you actually do that? You know, I, I don't think, I think, you know, everybody's a growing up, right? You know, that they should be able to do that themselves. When you bring somebody on, like you're saying, and you're saying, Hey, that's, a core value. And that's something we kind of expect you to do. Um, I would be super disappointed to find out, you know, six months down the road that no one's doing it or one or one or two people are doing it. And so I, I think the fact that you're just kind of chiming in with maybe what you've learned this week, you know, I think that kind of helps and, and, and motivates people, you know, Hey, if Serena's doing it, man, I probably should keep up on it as well. Even if my, even my schedule's busy this week or busier this week than normal. I think that's kind of, I think you're kind of leading by example in that regard. And by doing that, I'm not sure you really need to track it. You know, I don't know, Jamie, what's your thought on that? 
Yeah, no, I'd say from the the point of the question from my standpoint was a little less about big brother tracking it was more of a, a learning because you know you can learn through other people right so if um if three people are all reading the same book then that might be me as a leader i should probably be reading that book too and then asking questions to them and being like hey you're reading this book did you what did you get out of it and, and really leaning on them a little bit so i can i can understand what they're learning and how they're learning it and i think that's um just to help expand the company's growth because if three people read it and those three people learn all these things it'd be a great recommendation for other people or if there's one podcast that everybody's listening to and then maybe hey this is like a good podcast for um to when people come in be like hey i definitely recommend listening to this podcast so it's more of a understanding mm -hmm. what's out there and what's going on as opposed to like okay i need to make sure that serena's getting her one podcast in this week because right, if right. not she's not doing her job right <laughs> you know type type thing so that's that's kind of how i was thinking about it yeah that's pretty much how we handle it yeah. do you have a lot of good conversations about that then because of um, all the since growth is your um one of your core values you feel like you have a lot of strong concepts and like the our conversations and then every week like you're like oh we're we're such a better firm because we've we're having these conversations yeah i mean i guess i've never really like stopped to consider it it's just like it's so like built in that like we're constantly like sharing little snippets on our team calls or um, in our one-on-ones and stuff that I just like, I have a really good pulse with everyone since our team is so small. I know as we grow, that's going to be more of a challenge. Uh, but it's now it's my job to like, like you said, lead by example and make sure that the, the next leadership team is able to kind of have that same, keep that same pulse, if if you will. Uh, so that'll probably be my next challenge of like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like maxed out on direct reports at this point. So it's like any more people we hire, it's, they have yeah. to report to the next layer. Yeah. So where do you, where do you see yourself going then? So are you, right now, you know, you at, at the size you're at and you're at the number of people you're at, like if, if we're having the same podcast recording five years from now, what is this podcast going to sound like? And what is your um, business going to sound like? That's exciting to think about. I would say five years from now, the goal <laughs> is to uh, definitely like triple the team, uh, maybe like merge with another firm with similar uh, values. We're zero focused. Like we, we only work in, um, in zero. Uh, so I could see potentially in five years merging with like a twin firm that, that only does QuickBooks online or something. <laughs> uh, and just like yeah. maximizing that. <laughs> Standing it that way. Uh -huh. yeah. Great. And I think the, I think the thing with, um, with, uh, the growth and with the, as you expand, um, the interesting learning points for you will be is keeping that culture as you grow. Mm -hmm. Cause I know I'm sure Jody can tell you like there are certain thresholds there are certain people parts where you're like, okay, this, it was really easy to keep this culture when we were under 10, but now we've just run from 10 to 20. How do I keep this culture? And then you go from mm -hmm. 20 to 40 and it's like at different points you hit it, hit it. And so it'll be interesting to see like, cause again, everything you said, I'm like, oh, maybe I should go work for Serena, but I don't, <laughs> don't think Jody like that, but it sounds hey, like hey, it's hey, really, <laughs> a really, really awesome <laughs> culture that you're building there. But I think that, uh, um, I think that the key will be is, is keeping that as you grow. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. the key is really keeping it intentional, right? Being super intentional with it. Yeah, I mean, having yeah. meetings set aside every week to, to, to go through team meetings, I think that's important. Never missing one is super important. So the team knows, mm -hmm. hey, this is a kind of an expectation. You know, we've got to, you know, and then having something fun, you know, with the meetings, like we have our team meeting, you know, once a week and, 
it's typically a joke of the day followed by fun facts followed by someone brings a topic and so we have can you imagine having 60 70 people in a zoom meeting and we're talking about nothing about business <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe a few things about you know some you know you know some some you know, you know important topics that may be coming down like um updates to software or something like that at the very beginning yeah. but may, that's maybe five or ten minutes tops and then the rest of it's just simply hanging out and, and really kind of developing that culture and i i think that's super 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 important um uh, more so than we think and when we bring new people and they don't really it's kind of weird they don't know what to expect and they, they come into the meeting and they're, they're, they're pretty much like huh this is kind of different yeah <laughs> but uh i think that embodies our culture and it sounds like you do a very similar thing yeah, our meetings are probably more so, yeah. like focused on the work at this point because we're small. But that was going to be my question to you is like, do you ever have new employees or even existing employees that get to where they're like, this meeting is pointless. We don't accomplish anything on it. <laughs> oh, Jamie, what do you think? Well, I think with the, the meetings we have that um, where we are trying to get something done, it is really important to, and that's why, you know, we've we've definitely tinkered with our our structure of our meetings to make sure that things are being done. And we do that. We do a rating at the end where people get to go through and say, okay, well, how'd this meeting go? Did it meet your expectations? And so we make sure that, that we talk about that every week. Um, so I think for those meetings that that is the point, then it is really important to make sure you are following a structure. But to Jody's point, our all team meeting, the point of that meeting is just to relax, have fun, and just to get to know people. And so like, honestly, some people probably pop into that meeting and are like, oh, right, here we go again. I get to hear Jody tell from the joke book or I get to have Jamie ask a, a silly question. So like, I think, but ultimately we make sure that people know that that's the purpose of that meeting is, is hey, we are a work from home environment. We need to be intentional about getting to know each other because if not, then it won't happen. And so I think people understand that. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and then we kind of go from that meeting to even more so to, to like our team retreats in which we uh, have the team all, all get together and, and just uh, hang out for, uh, you know, for, you know, three or four days, a very set agenda. And uh, it's one of those things that, uh, the, the, again, the purpose isn't really to necessarily learn, although that's something that you want to definitely involve in it in some way, but it's just more to get to know each other on a personal level and kind of bring those relationships and build those relationships while you're there and bring them back uh, to the uh, remote environment. Because again, when you're working with only one or two people, um, it, that's how big your company is. But when you're working with, you know, when you bring into the retreat, you got to meet everybody. Then you start asking questions from everyone else during your regular day-to-day -day work. And it just makes that experience even better and bigger. Because again, people stay at work because they meet friends, right? They make friends at work. And that's kind of, where the friendship starts, you know, it's great to have a, a remote friendship like this, but it's super cool when you get to hang out and get to know you even better, you know, on a personal level. And that's, uh, that's what the team retreat does. So it kind of goes from the, 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 the intentional focus in the meetings to even more intentional to, you know, spending some time together at a retreat or a CP, you know, some sort of event where you can hang out with each other uh, and get to know each other on a personal level. Yeah, that's on my on my list for this year is getting the whole team together. Just have to figure <laughs> out where. <laughs> that's going to be fun. You're, you're going to love it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great experience the first time. Like I said, I remember Jody and I, the first time we met, we were 
speaking at a conference together and so just looking for him in the airport and just uh, again you know i worked with him for like three or four months and it's like you already know each other because of the culture we created so it, it'll be fun when you once you have that first um first on-site retreat or um retreat together so um well with that said we are actually right about time here so i'm going to give both you both you guys a final thought um on kind of what uh what people should be thinking about after listening to this podcast so we'll start with you serena i would say like it's it feels elusive if you haven't really done the work, but really trying to figure out what you want your company core values to be. And I think the easiest mm -hmm. way for me to do that was to really reflect on what my core values are as a person and what kind of culture I wanted to create. And that, and it, it took me a couple years to really fine tune it and, and they may change too. Uh, but once I nailed that down, I was really able to attract the right people. Yeah, and I think once you once you've attracted those people, right, and then it's the the point is is that maintaining that culture, maintaining those core values throughout your entire stay with those folks. You know, they could be there for a year, they could be there for two years, uh, they could be there for 10, 15 years. Who knows how long they're going to be? But you want them to be the kind of the ambassadors of those core values, right? So they're taking mm -hmm. on your core values that you created, and then becoming the ambassador and and, and really kind of bringing those core values to life and. It's, it's kind of cool uh, going from where you're at to where, we've, where we're at right now is, you know, people have, have brought up to, hey, you guys really, truly follow your core values, which is really cool. And it sounds like they, you, you definitely have, you know, your team definitely believes in the exact same thing. And I, I think that's really important because core values aren't just there to put on the wall and, and uh, have this decoration or, you know, on your website to make it look cool, but it's something you really need to live in and, and really embrace. And I think that's the, I think that's what you sounds like that's what you've done with your team and, and, and definitely kudos for that. Yeah. That was the biggest game changer for yep, sure. I definitely agree with everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely agree with everything Jody said there no, and, and you as well, Serena. I think I, I was I really enjoyed talking to you and hearing more about your company. And it's, like I said, excited to see you grow because you've, you've started at the right place, right? You started with understanding the, who you are and who you want to be and that it makes it so much easier to hire. It makes it so much easier to grow. It makes it so much easier to find clients. If you understand that first, where a lot of companies I think kind of get backed into it. It's like, Oh, I have 27 clients and I'm doing all these things. Now it's time to figure out who I am. And then it's like almost too late, yeah. not too late. Cause you, you can always make adjustments, but it's, it's a lot of work at that point. Mm -hmm. So love, love what you're doing and excited to, um, to hear how it keeps going. Thank you. And thanks. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, of course. Talk to you soon. Enjoy this podcast? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.